Good evening, and welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Apostle James Vivian. He will be teaching out of Mark 8. Welcome, uh, Apostle James Vivian. How are you doing this evening? Well, thank you, Deborah. I'm doing wonderful. The Lord is blessing. Seems like the more I see uh, the Word of God, the more I understand, the more I found out what, you know, this thing that we call uh, a vacuum. In other words, everybody is born with this thing. We're missing something. But what is it we're missing? We don't know. And then the more you start to read, you'll find out the Bible gives the explanation for everything. And it's written in a way that if you don't understand what it's saying, you'll miss the meaning. One of the things is it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was void without form and darkness on the face of the deep. Well, the thing is, if you realize it's talking about a baby. That's how babies are created. You know, uh, without form or void in the deep, and the deep is water. But that's just one of the allegories that God is trying to show us that everything was created by him. There was nothing that was created without him. He did it by vibrations, frequencies, and sound. But you have to take all the Bible and put it together to get an understanding. That's why it says in uh, John, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And nothing was made without it. So it's the Word. Everything is so important about the Scriptures. Now, here's the problem that we have. We have the English version. There's the German version. There's the Japanese version. And because it is operated in their vernacular or the way they speak or their language, we miss the main thing that God is trying to show us so we can be close to him. Because this is all it's all about is reconnecting to the first. And who is the first? God. There's nobody here but him. So let's look at uh, what what the Lord is trying to tell us today. Let's turn to Mark, the eighth chapter, starting with the first verse. I'm giving everybody a chance. Even if they're not there, they can turn in here. Mark, the eighth chapter, and the first verse. Okay, uh, we have Rhonda Mayberry here today, and she will be doing the reading. How you doing, Rhonda? Good. All right, you can start whenever you feel like it. In those days, the multitudes being very great and having nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples unto him and said unto them, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away fasting to their own houses, they will faint by the way. For divers of them came from a, came from far. Now, look at that. It says... Uh... In those days, why did it say those days? Because he had been teaching from uh, other places. But it's been tra- Jesus has been trying to teach us how to relate to the Father, how to get an understanding of what the Scripture said. So he said uh, having them having nothing to eat, he called the disciples and said unto them, I 
have compassion. That's what one of the ways God operates. He operates in compassion. But there's a lot of people taking it out of context and say, well, God is a compassionate God, and I can get him to do this, and I can get him to do that. And one of the things that's what they've been teaching a long time ago, and it still is, name it and claim it. The Bible tells us that God said, I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion, and I will have mercy upon whom I will have mercy. It's not what we think or what we choose. It's what he thinks and what he chooses because the scripture is hidden in what we call concealment or hidden things. And the more you understand that, you'll understand that we're here for his pleasure, not our pleasure. When we start trying to please him, it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. We make him happy, he'll make us happy. He deals with our desires, but he gives you the desire that you need to have in your heart. In other words, your heart is the information center of what God is going to deal with. And that's why uh, he talks about David as being a man after my own heart. So in other words, when you hear the word compassion, don't sit up there and think, well, God got compassion on everybody. No. He said, mm, I will have compassion. And so he said that they had been with him how many days? Three days. Everything, every word means something. That's why you'll hear the pattern, 3, 7, 10, 40, 60, 100, 120. These are patterns with understanding of knowledge of what the hidden stuff is but we'll not get it by a carnal man. All right, go ahead. And his disciples answered him, from whence can a man satisfy this man with bread here in the wilderness? And he answered them, how many loaves have you? And they said, seven. And he commanded the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves and gave thanks and break and gave to his disciples to set before them. And they did set them before the people. And they had a few small fishes, and he blessed and commanded to set them also before them. So they did eat and were filled, and they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets. And they that had eaten were about 4,000, and he sent them away. Let's look at that verse there. It says, uh, the eighth verse, so they did eat and was filled, and they took up of the broken fish that were left seven baskets. Now, if you notice, I told you that God deals in numbers and stuff. There's three, there's seven, there's four. There's all kinds of numbers that God deals with, and he has messages of how he wants us to relate to him or how to think according to his knowledge. And if you notice, <laughs> with those seven uh, baskets, there was only a few fishes that were taken up. Now, there's another part where we read in there. There were uh, two fishes. Well, as I say, it's not the fish that's important. It's what God's message is trying to get to us. In other words, you read in the book of uh, Matthew, and it talks about there were two men in the tombs. 
But you read the other account, there was only one man in each tomb. There's a reason for everything. And once you get that understanding that God has a, a, a mystery, that's what the Bible is all about, mysteries, and he wants us to figure it out. He wants us to study these things to find out what is the words really saying. In fact, the Bible will we'll look at a scripture that uh, Deborah taught on uh, this week, which will be in uh, Proverbs, the 25th chapter, starting with the first verse, but not right now. We just want to finish this up because I want, to, I want you to understand numbers are important with God. His way he thinks is different than we do. And if we continue to find out how he thinks, then we'll start to understand the mysteries. And then the, the kingdom of God will start opening up to you what means the kingdom of God means the concealment of the word. All right, go ahead. Hold on. Okay, just, go ahead, Deborah. Um, I just want to uh, let everybody know where we're at. We're in Mark, the eighth chapter, because there's people signing on. And okay. what verse are you at? A ten? We're at ten now. Yeah. Mark 8, verse 10. Okay. Oh, what I was just talking about, if, if y'all didn't hear, how that we have it written in one set of the, the gospel that there were two fish. In this part of the gospel, it's written that there were a few fish. In one part of the gospel, they they fed 5,000. In this one, they fed 4,000. But there's reason for everything. There's a, It's a concealed speech that God has put there, and he's trying to get us to understand. And if you heard last week, you heard me talk about the deaf and the dumb man. And when he got to the deaf and dumb man, and he uh, prayed for him that his ears would be open and uh, he was able to speak. Actually, it's not just, I mean, it is literal about this man being there, but it's a message for us. God sets up everything. Even though it's literal, it's already been a message. And that's what he's trying to do for us, open up our ears so we can hear, open up our mouth so that we can speak. And we're going to speak, as you start to learn, the things that are hidden in the heaven. All right, go ahead. We're at the 10th verse. And straightway he entered into a ship with his disciples and came into the part of Dalmanutha. And the Pharisees came forth and began to question with him, seeking of him a sign from heaven, tempting him. And he signed deeply, he sighed deeply in his spirit, and he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why doeth this generation seek after a sign? Verily I say unto you, There shall no sign be given unto this generation. And he left them and entering into the ship again departed to the other side. All right, that's good. Bones are not cutting off like they should. Okay. It says that, uh, let's go back to that 10th verse there. Straightway, he entered into the ship with his disciples and came into the part of the city. 
Well, the city has a meaning, and then it says, and the Pharisees came forth. Well, that has a meaning, the Pharisees, beginning to question him, seeking him for a sign. That's another thing. I'm not going to teach you what all these things mean right now. I'm just showing you that there are certain key words in the Bible that lets you understand how God wants us to think. This is all of the battles in the mind. I'm telling you like it is. You want peace? You got to start with it in your mind. But you don't know what I'm going through. You don't see what, what's happening to me. Listen, the Bible knew what was going to happen before you even got born here. Everything is written in the book. The thing is, you got to read the book and then obey it. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word. Then it says, he signed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek after a sign? That's why this program is named Signs, Wonders, and Miracles. Because the sign is the beginning of things, a uh, beginning of understanding. The Bible tells us that wisdom is the principal thing, but with all you're getting, getting understanding. And how do we get an understanding? The Bible always explains itself. But you've got to seek it with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Barely looking into the scriptures trying to find something for you, that means you're legalistic. And I want to see what's going to bless me. I'm doing this, but I want to be blessed. Listen, stop being selfish. Worry about other people. Take care of the others first, and God will take care of you, or what we call you call him God, we call him the creator. He created everything. Everything is still being created. So he says, uh, that last verse there, shall no sign be given unto this generation. Now, what does that mean? Why well, it says no sign will be given unto this generation. That's why if you study anything about the Jewish uh, people of history, when they talk about the wisest of all people, Jesus is not included in that because they did not recognize their time of visitation. They did not recognize that he is who he says he is. He is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the Word of God. He is who he says, I am that I am. He's the one that Moses talked to. Everybody who's ever talked to God, they talked to Jesus. He is the author and finisher of the faith or of the book. I'm trying to give you all a deeper meaning, a deeper understanding, because the Bible says in the book of Daniel, knowledge would increase in the last days. We're into what they call the third temple right now. That's another key word that has to be explained. We're into the third temple right now, where this world is getting ready to be brought back to perfection for what it should have been versus where it is now. So we'll go ahead. It's going to, now the Bible is going to try to get you to remember things. That's why, as I said, everything in this thing is, has a system. If you, if you deal with computers, you know that computers have a system. Well, the Word of God has a system. Jesus is the beginning of, and the end of the system. 
So let's keep on going here. He's trying to get you to remember things now. Go ahead. 13. And he left them and entered entered into the ship, again departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, neither had they in the ship with them more than one loaf. And he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. Now, let's look at that real quick. As I told you, I'm trying to get you all to, to see things that you normally would not see, but your eyes can be open, and it's open by the word. That's why I said uh, uh, whoever the son says free is free indeed. It's talking about understanding the keys of the of the word of God. So it's in that 14th verse. It says, now the disciples forgot to take bread. Why is it so important to take bread? They're not going to starve. And if Jesus already multiplied the bread before, why he cannot multiply the one? It is not talking about bread. And the Bible explains itself. The more you read it, you'll find out it's not talking about bread. And then it says, neither of them have any ship and more of them than one bread. And he charged them, saying, take heed before, uh, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of the Peronian. Wait a minute. What does that got to do with bread? It's all about trying to get you to understand how to think the way God wants you to think. But then the next thing, it explains itself, and they reason, try to figure it out, try to explain it among themselves, saying, is it because we have no bread? It's not talking about bread. But see, the thing is, it takes you, there's levels that I'm, I, I hardly ever teach on, but I'm going to say one level. There is a level called spiritual, and things have to be learned by spiritual means, but it can be explained by the word. If you're willing to spend some time to have your mind enlightened, enlightened is the word that's used in the first of uh, Genesis. I have to explain that, but right now I'm just trying to get you on the on the uh, on the playing field, get you to understand. There is a program. There are rules to the program. Follow the rules. The program will open up, and all of a sudden you will see things in a different light or illumination or understanding. All right? So as I said, that 16th verse, they reason or trying to figure it out among themselves, saying it's because we have no bread. And I told you. It has nothing to do with the bread, but let's see what Jesus said, because he is the word of God. He will explain. And when Jesus knew it, he said unto them, Why ye, why reason ye, because ye have no bread? Perceive ye not yet, neither understand? Have ye your, have ye your heart yet hardened? Have an eye, see ye not? And having ears, hear ye not, and do ye not remember? Remember, I told you, this is all about getting people to, to think right. They have an understanding. What has, they were living with the word. We get a chance to go back and read the word. And that's what he said. Uh, why are you trying to figure this thing out? You cannot figure this thing out because you have not spiritual understanding. That's why he said, uh, perceive you, 
you not neither understand? In other words, have you your heart yet hardened? Because that's what remember I was telling you a minute ago about the heart is the computer center. That's where it is. It gets it has no right or wrong. It's our mind that makes it thing mess up. Having eyes and you see not, having ears and you hear not, do you not remember? This is all about getting understanding, bringing some past things that you, well, well they had to live it. We we get to read it. So that way if we miss something, we go back and look at it again until we get a understanding. Okay. When I break the five loaves among 5,000, when I break the five loaves among 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments he took up? They say unto him, 12. And when the seven among 4,000, how many baskets fragments he took up? And they said, seven. And he said unto them, how is it that ye do not understand? Stop right there. It had nothing to do with the bread, did it? It's understanding about the spirit, under, the spiritual things. Spiritual things have to be uh, interpreted by spiritual understanding. Now, there's three levels. I'm going to talk about the levels right now. There is the beast level. There is the supernatural level. And there's the spiritual level. A lot of people who are operating in the beast level or carnal mind think they're moving into the spirit realm and they're not there because they're trying to figure this stuff out. The Bible interprets itself, but you have to take time to read it with an open mind. You can read it with a closed mind, but you need to read it with an open mind. In other words, don't have no preconceived ideas of what it's trying to say, let the spirit, that's one of the words the spirit is understanding, let the understanding give you something. Because that's what he was talking about them about. He's in that 21st verse, he said unto them, how is it that you do not understand? They've been watching Jesus, listening to his teaching all those three days, and they still did not understand. And they were his disciples. The twelve. That's what that what he said, how many uh fragments and they said twelve. He was talking about them. And when he said uh above the four thousand, what did he say? They said seven. Seven is the number for completion. Of yeah, uh completion or perfection. With Hebrew words it can be a bunch of words at the same time and some of them might even cross over to be the same. But he's trying to be specific. Twelve, I'm talking about you. The seven, I'm talking about what I'm trying to get you to understand. Taking the fragments, that's what we are. We've been fragmented from the Father. We've been fragmented from the Son. We've been fragmented from the Holy Ghost. But they are one who's trying to get us back to him, that where we walk as one, have an understanding as one, speak one speech that the speech is to have compassion so we can help one another. The world is in warfare right now. It's all about ego, what I want, what I desire. 
I got to have my say. I got to defend myself. I got to let people know what I think. No, we need to be showing what God thinks and acting like him. That's why Paul said, be a follower of me as I'm a follower of Christ. They did not recognize the sign, which was Jesus. That's why I said it. He's not written among the, the, uh, the, the um, what they call the Hasidic Jews as one of the wisest men of all time because he said it. He spoke to them. He said, there will be no sign given to you. He over remembers of me. You won't remember what I was teaching. But those that are hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will read the scriptures and see things in there that the wise, that's why it says he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. They will not understand. It's the one that humbles themselves. And then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit will bring it back to their remembrance. Just like for yourself, he'll bring it back she remembers those things that Jesus has said, which is the word, which is the teaching, which is the knowledge, which is all the way back to what they say, the wisdom, the wisdom of God. All right? Has anybody out there got any questions so far? Anybody? Uh, you tell them how to get on there, Deborah. If you have a question, press 1, and I will open up your mic. And once your question has been answered, press 1 again, and that will close out your mic. No questions uh, yet. Anybody? Okay. Is anybody else Any on comments? the broadcast? Anyone have any comments? Not yet. Okay. Is anybody else on the broadcast yet? I don't have any questions or comments. Oh, someone has their hand raised. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> Let me open up their mic. Eight zero four eight two one. All right. This is Foxy uh, Payne, and I was just letting you know that I'm out here. You were saying, is there anyone else out here? And uh, yes, ma'am. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Glad you answered because it makes me, you know, I, I want everybody to receive this, which God has given me. Amen. And, it's got, and that way I know there's somebody out there listening. So thank you for uh, applying or letting us know you're there. Amen. All right. Well, let's keep on going back then to, uh, as I said, y'all understand about the 12. And you understand about the seven now. The twelve was a telling of the disciples. It had nothing to do with the bread. The seven is letting us know that we are fragmented in our mind, and that uh, when they got to, when God gets through giving us the word, then we become back to the seven, which is a word for perfection or completion. Or things like that. And that's why he said, uh, the last word, the C said unto them, have it, how, how is it that you do not understand? Okay. Number 22. And he came in, I mean, he came and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit 
on his eyes and put his hands upon him. He asked him if he saw he saw us. Hold it, okay. I hear some feedback. Somebody else got the mic on or something? Uh, can you close uh press one to close your mic? Please. Can you Is press it done? again? It's still no, not yet. You might have to hold that key down, that number down. I'll just probably have to have her call back in. Okay. Uh, let's see. Is it uh, 22? It said, when he had came to Bethsaida, he brought a blind man unto him and sought him to touch him. The blind man represents the the people listening to the gospel, or the blind man trying to see the gospel. But then, it's, it's I told you, these are hidden metaphors, metaphors. And that's what I'm trying to get you to, because we're in the last days, and it says that knowledge would increase. Well, they wasn't talking about the airplanes and all this other stuff that's been happening in the last 120 years, but it's talking about knowledge of how to interpret the scriptures. And this is why we have to really take our time to see that, hey, it's talking about us individually. And we want to learn how to hear from God. We want to hear, we want to be able to see from God, in other words, the signs and wonders, because he is, I mean, signs and miracles. I mean, yeah, signs, wonders, and miracles. He is the wonder and he is the miracle, but he is the sign first. That's where it is. All right. Let me go back to explain that again. It says, they bring a blind man unto him and sought him to touch him. In other words, we're that blind man. We're that deaf and dumb man. We're the ones that God is trying to give us something. We're the poor man. We're the ones that the wise people are being fooled. But those that are simple are getting the understanding if they don't try to overthink things or trying to figure out things. The Bible is very clear that it will interpret itself. All right, go ahead. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Yeah. The reason this is said just like that, according to the scriptures, God refers to everything about trees and branches. Trees and branches. That's why when Moses was on the uh, on the mountain, what did he run into? A burning bush. All right. So it was not. I mean, it was a burning bush, but it was actually the word of God giving him enlightenment, enlightenment, to where he would start to understand what his purpose was here on this earth. Once you understand what your purpose is, it's like an illumination. It's like a light bulb. It comes to life. And when you start to see, Lord, I don't waste time. I've been selfish all about my life about me instead of worrying about others. Well, I take care of my family. I'm worried about my family and stuff. The Bible even lets us know 
If you're worried about your family and not worried about the others first, then you're not walking on the right path. Well, what about my family? What's more important, the word or your family? As I said, there's so much to know. There's so much to know. And I'm trying to do the best I can to get an explanation so that you may understand. But some of it is all about receiving, receiving, receiving the word of God. All right, go ahead. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town, nor tell it to any in the town. And Jesus went out and his disciples into the towns of Caesarea, Philippi, and and by the way, he asked his disciples, saying unto them, Whom do men say I am? And they answered, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others one of the prophets. And he said, saith unto them, For whom say ye that I am? And Peter answered and said unto him, Thou art the Christ. And he charged them that they should tell no man of him. Now why would Jesus tell them not to let people know that he is the, the Christ, the anointed one? Because this teaching is not for everybody. If you're getting this kind of a teaching now, it's because God has called you out from the masses to what we call disciple you. And because he's trying to disciple you, you have to release the bad teaching that you've been through. Like, uh, well, all you do is keep saying the thing over and over and over again, and it's going to come to pass. No. You've got to have the Spirit telling you what to say. It's the Spirit that leads you into all truth. It's the Spirit that will teach you all things if you're willing to learn. But as long as you try to figure it out, you're not going to learn nothing. You're going to be stuck, and you'll be doing what they say, ever going around in circles and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The truth is things are open to them that want to surrender all. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That means love the word more than you love yourself and willing to say, Lord, whatever you tell me, I don't care if it it goes against my grain, against anything, whatever you tell me, I will do. All right. I want you all to hold that part there. We're going to change over now because I want you all to get an understanding. We're going to go to Proverbs, the 25th chapter in the first verse. I'm going to have Deborah teach from that a little bit because she's the one that taught on it the other day. So we're going to Proverbs, the 25th chapter, and the first verse, amen, when you get there. Well, let's start it before we go to the 25th. Let's go to the Proverbs, the first chapter, and the first verse. Proverbs, the first chapter, and the first verse. And then get ready when we get through that, we'll go over to the 25th. I'm giving y'all a little time to turn over to these things. All right. All right. Uh, Deborah, will you go ahead and read? Sure. Uh, Proverbs 1 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel. 
Now, I'm give you all a, a brief interpretation. What that means is how do you get to be uh, a relationship with God? That's what it's talking about. I know what it's saying, but I'm telling you what it's, saying, it's talking about. I told you, it's things that are hidden. Go ahead. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive now, the instruction of... Hold on. Hold on. To know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding. Who is wisdom? God is. The creator is that the wisdom above all wisdom. And he's given us instruction. And he tells us how to perceive to the, the word or of, of understanding how the rules work. Now, I'm going to let her finish the whole thing now. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, equity. To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsel. To understand a proverb and the interpretation, the words of the wise and their dark sayings. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall now be an ornament. Hold on, hold on. You're going to pass. On the eighth verse there, it says, My son, hear the instructions of your father and forsake not the law of your mother. It's not talking about father and mother. Now, we're going to turn over to Proverbs, the 25th chapter, starting with the first verse. Proverbs, the 25th chapter, starting with the first verse. Okay. All right, Deborah. Okay. Proverbs 25.1. These are also Proverbs of Solomon, which the men of Hezekiah, king of Judah, copied out. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Now, stop right the there. Hold on, dismiss. And it says, these it says, these are the proverbs of Solomon. What is the word Solomon? You have to look that up. Then it says, which the man of Hezekiah, king of Jerusalem, uh, Judea, you have to look that up. I'll just tell you, it means a praise. It's talking about us. It's not talking about Solomon. It's not talking about Hezekiah. It's talking about us as people. That's why it says the men instead of man. It is talking about people. And it says it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. I told you, this stuff, is mysteries are hidden. But it's the honor of people is to search out a matter. This is why I keep telling you, the Bible really does interpret itself and Understanding is what the, the Bible warns us in the beginning. A proverb talking about is a hidden stuff, and you got to understand that the Bible is teaching us how to live holy lives. That, now you can go back and read that the rest of it yourself. We're going over back over to Mark, 
the uh oh where were we get, rather? Mark eight. Mark eight and what verse? We'll give her a little time to get there there. But we're going back over to Mark. As I said, the more you understand you'll find out how we're what how we're supposed to walk, how we're supposed to understand that this Bible is made of metaphors, it is hidden stuff. And when it says kings and stuff, a lot of times it's not talking about a king or it's talking about us as people. That means men and women. Okay. She said we have to uh, 31st verse. Okay. Go ahead. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days, rise again. Now, what are we talking about there? He's talking about the religious folks, the ones that what we call elders and chief priests and Sadducees, Herodians, the leaders of the church and stuff. They're missing the time of their visitation. They're trying to get the son of man who is Jesus. He is the word of God because Job prayed a prayer. He said, I need a man that would be a mediator between me and God or the creator. And God honored Job's prayer. He sent a person to be a mediator, and that's why it says in our Bible, in the New Testament, that Jesus is the mediator between God and man. As I said, you need to read this as it's personally talking to you, not just talking to the the great-grand people, all these talking to you. Get an understanding. It's about you. Then it says that they would kill, and then after three days, he rise again. That people did not understand what he was talking about. When he said after three days he would rise again, they see that his body was raised on the third day, fulfilling the scriptures and stuff. But with Hebrew words and Hebrew understanding that, yes, it happened, then three days later he rose up. But here's another thing. It's talking about when he would come back and take control. And a day, God gave you the answer to that, a day is like a thousand years with God, and a thousand years is a, is a day. So now you've got 2,000 years since he's been gone, right? The third day is when he's supposed to rise again in our understanding. In our understanding. I hope I'm saying it again. In our understanding. And that's what he's getting ready to do. That's why I'm telling y'all, get prepared. We're moving into the third temple, which means a third level that God is getting ready to bring us into, but only for those that made themselves ready. You know, there's the old saying, heaven is a prepared place for prepared people. Hell is a place for unprepared people. Make sure you get prepared so you go the right way. Saying that saying openly, and Peter took him and began to rebuke him. That's the world for you. Peter represents the world. He going. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. When it says Satan, 
he was saying he was talking about the adversary. The world way of thinking is against the way that God wants us to be perfected. God wants us to love one another. He tells us how to love, not to hold something against somebody when they do something wrong to you. Don't try to find something fault with people, but try to find the good things of people. I'm trying to break it down to where this will be so clear that even a wayfaring person or somebody as simple-minded should be able to get this, that you have to look for the keys, you got to find the keys, and once you find the keys, you got to see which key works in the kingdom. Go ahead. And when he had called the people unto him, with his disciples also, he said unto them, Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel, the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now, he wasn't talking about as that generation as in where he was at then. He was talking about the whole generation of man. Man has been evil, selfish, all about himself instead of worrying about, hey, how do I get to the world or us back together as one income and love? This is what it's all about. The whole Bible is teaching us how to assemble ourselves back and love people instead of being like the world. It's all about yourself, selfish. All right. Is anybody out there that got any questions or anything? And see what you can tell them again, no Laura, how to get on. Yes, if you have a question or comment, press 1 on your phone, and I will open up your mic. And once you have gotten your answer or your question answered, press 1 to close your mic. You must be doing good. No one has any questions. <laughs> okay. Well, you have anything, Rhonda? What about you, Deborah? No, I don't have anything. Okay. Yeah, as I said, I've tried to show y'all what the Word of God says. I've been teaching you out of the book of Mark. And we'll see what else the Lord tells me for the next time. I, 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 you know, I look forward to these things because I don't read there and practice of what I'm going to say. I I have one prayer, and my prayer is, help, Lord. And it's whatever he tells me is what I'm hearing from him, and I speak it, not because I understand everything, but he explains things as I'm reading it. That's why it's excitement to me. I'm saying, man, I... The more I understand about the kingdom, the more I understand the Bible is the kingdom. The Bible is the interpretation of everything in the kingdom. And if you operate in the kingdom, you will not worry about, am I going to get a new house? Am I going to get a new car? Am I going to get a job? Am I not going to get a job? The Bible says 
I will take care of everything. You've got to trust him. That's the main thing. He is the word of God. You've got to trust him. And as you trust him and you walk this path, I'm telling you, it's a journey. It's a journey. We have a question. Okay. Just want to say this. Oh, hold on. Uh, I just opened your mic. We didn't hear the first part. No, I was just saying, Pastor James, this just helps me to look at the word in a different way. You know, yeah. I mean, a very different way. So I, I thank you. I thank you. I'm going to hang up. Okay. Well, Chris? I thank God. In fact, the Creator, who's already created everything, that's all I can tell you. I say, Lord, help. And I'm telling you, I've seen him do so many miracles. I've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, legs stretched out. Uh, those are what we call signs and wonders. No, wait a minute. Uh, wonders. Uh, we we uh, have another question, it, but. Okay. Let me hit that first. I, I think I can correct that. To close out their mic. Okay. Let me answer that last thing. I made a mistake. I said sad. It's wonders and miracles. That's why we see wonders and miracles. Wonders and miracles because of the sign. And who is the sign? The word of God. All right, go ahead. Okay. 804-821, your mic is open. Hello. I need uh, 913-596. Can you close your mic, please? Can you hear me? I need... Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes. You know, Pastor, I kind of, if, if this is okay, um, I think I pretty much understand uh, Chapter 8 as you read it. But I was looking ahead there into Chapter uh, 9, 1, and he says, And he said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here which shall not taste the death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with with power. Are, are are you in a position to talk to speak with, about that chapter, or do I just need no, to say No, that's it next week. You remember that's next week's teaching. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. I teach. Uh huh. I teach at one chapter at a time now. All right. Because all right. All this, as I told you, this is allegories, and it gives you it's concealed. Thing and I told you how to get the concealment to understand it. It's in uh, Proverbs the twenty fifth chapter in the first verse. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, okay. All right. God bless Any? you. Thank you. God bless you and thank you for being on the broadcast. Yeah. Is there anybody else? Because we can only got eight more minutes here. As I said, the main thing is understand that the Bible interprets itself. It 
made up of a lot of allegories, proverbs, and uh, uh, hidden meanings and stuff. And it doesn't really mean what it's talking about when it says, like, uh, the bread, as you see the Bible explains itself. He wasn't talking about the bread. He was talking about the way they think. It, it talks about thy father and mother. It's not talking about your father and mother. It's talking about the understanding, the wisdom and understanding of what the word teaches. So when you reject the wisdom, you reject the understanding, you're rejecting God. That's why it says the father and mother, because it all comes from one source. There was nothing here but God, and God created everything. And then he wrote a book and gave us the answers in the book because we don't have uh, Hebrew and have an Hebrew understanding. We have to use whatever understanding we have. But it's so you can get to be hungry and thirsty and says, hey, there's something missing. I want more. I want more. When I wake up, and I mean not waking up out of the bed, but when I wake up in my mind, I want more of what God's word is saying. And sometimes you can get to read, and sometimes, oh, the devil comes at you, which is the world, carnal mind, and it closes you down from really reading the word. Oh, I'm tired. I don't feel like reading the word. In fact, if any time you have insomnia that cannot sleep, open up the word and start reading it. I'm sure about 15 minutes you'll start being sleepy. The next thing you know, you'll be out of it. But don't read it as reading a storybook. Read it as, I'm trying to get something in. What is God hiding here now? What is he concealing? The word heaven, let me give you this. The word heaven means to conceal. That's why we look for revelation, to understand what is concealed. That's why the book of Revelation was written, to reveal what is concealed. The whole Bible is concealed in mysteries, but he's given us the word we call uh, to receive, the power to receive, which is the Holy Spirit, the power to receive what the word is really saying, and then we have to live it. It's more than just saying it. Don't be just a hearer of the word. But you've got to be a doer of this thing. And the more you start to do, oh, man, the more you'll start to, as they say, enlightenment. That's the only word I can say, enlightenment. It takes you to a different level. And there are different levels out here. When I talk about spiritual levels, there are different levels. And the more level you go up, the more you understand, the more power. So that's why he said he has not given us a spirit of fear or to pull back or timid, but he's given us power and love. What is love? Compassion. And a sound mind or a disciplined mind. When all this stuff starts to come into one with you, then you'll start saying, oh, man, I missed the mark. I've been sinning. And I don't mean sinning like going to hell or stuff like that. Sinning just means you misunderstood. That's because we were taught wrong. That's the world. That's what Peter was when he represented the world, when he, the Lord rebuked him and said, you desire the things of the world. All right. Well, we have 656, and unless somebody else got their hands up, and we will start from 9 next 
uh, next. Oh, I won't be here Monday, but uh, the Boris. Didn't you say you're gonna have it? You're gonna have it Monday. Yes. All right, then she'll be there, and if I can't, I will tune in. So I'll try to listen in. That, that I'm just, I'm at several churches on uh, the next time being right now. So, all right. Well, I'm through unless you got something to say, Deborah. Oh, no. Well, I'll go ahead and pray for our dismissal then. All righty. Father God, we just thank you today for this day and bringing us together <clears throat> to study your word, to grow, to change, and we just thank you for enlightening our minds. We ask that our hearts be open, that these words of truth may fall upon every area of our lives. May your word, Lord God, penetrate our hearts. Let your spirit give us understanding, and may your word come alive in us to inspire us and to teach us and to guide us into into our hearts and minds. Lord, we ask that you enlarge the capacity of our hearts for compassion. We ask for an increase of 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 your of our of our passion for the things of your kingdom. Help us to see with new eyes, Lord, and make your written word come alive to us. Illuminate and make it into a rhema, a spoken and revelatory word. We declare that we have not received a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. We pray for all the words that you have sung today into our hearts this day. And we just thank you, and we just want to ask you, Lord God, to touch those that are, are sick today, those that have pain in their body. We ask that, that you we just lift them up right now before you, God, and we just pray for miracles today, and we just pray for healing for everyone in Jesus' name, amen. And uh, we don't want to forget praying for Dorothy Carruthers. She's the one who who had this program on. This is the one I'm on, and I want to give her thanks. She's in the hospital right now, so I want y'all to be praying for her in uh-huh. Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Till, till we talk again, Shalom. Thank you, everyone, for joining.